Welcome to the Wild and Curious Podcast, a show that's part travel, part feminism, and completely inspired by extraordinary women worldwide. I'm Teresa Christine. And I'm Suzanne Schmetting. You get to watch these these women who are working, mm-hmm. and it's just crazy. I, I don't know. It's like all of these individual threads, and they're throwing this wooden thing underneath the threads. I don't know what it's called. I'm sure I learned it, but then I forgot. And it's just it's turning out into these gorgeous patterns. Wow. Uh, I'm I'm so jealous, but like at the same time, I'm just I'm sitting here like I'm I'm very dreamy eyed over it. Well, you know, you've seen like you've been to markets and things like that where oh, you sure. see those handicrafts. So it it's that kind of feeling, but then you also get to see how the sausage is made, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Oh, I can't wait to go with you next time. And I think what we're gonna be talking about actually that is so cool about Lao that I didn't know before I went and that you and I have talked about is the different ethnic groups that are there. Mm. There are so many different ethnic groups. Um, there's a certain number recognized by the government and there are really technically even more than that. I believe there's 50 that are um, recognized by the government and even more beyond that. Yeah, I think I think the last show, it was like 160. The government of Laos recognized 149 ethnic groups within 47 main ethnicities. Oh. Yes. So, and this is according to Wikipedia. So take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, but bottom line is, what I think is so interesting is Lao has these different ethnic groups and these kinds of handiworks really keep the culture alive yeah yeah and also bring it to today's audience yeah they bring it to today's audience and they give people a chance to experience artistry from another culture and i really love that today we're talking with joanna smith and Vao duangdala they are the co-founders of ok pop talk a company which started in 2000 that hires local lao women to create traditional textiles Today, Akpap Tuk does tours, hosts classes, has a cafe, a gallery, and fosters cultural exchange through travel opportunities for its weavers, all with the goal of elevating the profile of Lao textiles and artisans. As you know, that Lao is a small country, small population, but very rich of culture, diversity. So just lately, we are the government add on one more any group. It's become 50 official and then 100 subgroup. You know, each group have their own language, their mm. own culture, textile. So this is, this is why we fake awkward talk. I would say, you know, we, we learn and we work, we develop, develop the product with them, you know. So... This is make the Lao textile so unique, you know, each village will have their own design, their own style, you know, each any group, of course, you know, will have their own um, unique design, you know. Why did you want to create Ak Pop Talk in the beginning to to reflect all of these different cultures? Well, um, when we start, we're not really thinking that, you know, 
big broadcast. So, but um, <laughs> as as go, so wow. Actually, I proposed this um, you know collective idea to Joe, and and I grew up in a um, you know weaving and textile family, and I see Sinai Little, and my mom, you know, from one of the ethnic group called Taideng which is very rich culture and they they like primary cell come from northern Laos. They they do they the one actually who um do the most intricate weaving in La for Lao textile. So we start with small with Long Pabang basically and Hopan, you know, collection. But the more we work with the villages, the more that we learn, you know, the, the more that we kind of, you know, in love of these all these textiles just it's just so special. Even today we still, you know, finding new uh I would say new to us, you know. So it's it's that's just add on this uh, you know, colorful, you know, all unique design from the north to the south of all of these uh, seventeen provinces, you know. So we only have seven million, the whole country. Mm. So that's the latest record. So Yeah, it's so nice to have that heritage. And and for you, Joe, so, you know, Bao comes to you and is like, do you want to do this? Like, do you want to do this project? I mean, how how did you get involved in the textile scene? I mean, I am originally from London and I was in um, Long Prabang working um, on an EU funded photography project. And I had met Val and Val was teaching me how to weave. And when I was at art school, I had dreamt of making like a collective of artists. And one day sitting at the loom, you know, and watching these or being part of these um, amazing patterns that are like unfolding as you're weaving and just falling in love with the textiles. And then Val's like, oh, why is Joe like mixing up the color palette and da da da? So she, you know, she asked me, so do you want to do something together, like a collective, like be creative and like we should definitely have fun in whatever we do. And like it would be cool if we could like create a platform where we can like bring loud textiles to the world. And I'm like, oh my God, tick, 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 all the boxes. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, I'm in. Yeah, and it's really special. So before we started recording, I was mentioning to you how I had been to the Living Arts Center. And as we were researching, we saw like, I mean, it's not just that you have this shop in Luang Prabang. It's not just the Living Arts Center. You have like a lot of different parts of Pop Talk. And can you just kind of share with us what different what different aspects there is to Pop Talk? Ak pop talk, excuse me. No, it's good. Your, good, good. your pronunciation, very good. Um, I mean, yes, we're a kind of multifaceted social enterprise. Um, you know, essentially, um, the work that we do is primarily in creating silk textiles um, with a core group of weavers at the Living Craft Center that you visited. And then over the years, we've put together like a series of training programs that we take out into these villages. And we do these trainings through a program we call the Village Weavers Project. And then at the Living Craft Center, um, you know, this was our kind of like tourism destination where we would encourage people to come and visit and learn about how Lao textiles is an integral and living part of um, Lao culture. 
I mean, this is just one of the ways that Akpaptak is preserving the heritage and, and tradition of Lao. Can you tell me some of the other ways that you're part of the community and, and really preserving those incredible traditions? So apart from our village, um, we have a project. We have this non-profit uh, project that we preserve Lao textile uh, from all over the country. At the moment, this part of our um, called Lao Heritage uh, Collection. So we we have over a thousand objects in the collection. So this is, I mean, before the COVID, we feature and do the exhibition, uh, exhibition documenting about these uh, textiles from different ethnic groups and show to the, um, you know, visitor and young, young generation. So how we work with the community and get people be part of that. You know, even the people from the village, some of them, they didn't see this own piece that left the village for, you know. So we met this um, <coughs> lantern um, weaver, and she found a, actually part of our collection, but the shoe, wedding shoe that she made it. So this is something that is like, it's for the place that they can come and learn and take this as they develop new new product add on to their, their work, you know. So we also have all the students from primary school up to high school come visit our center and they can learn different aspects of the uh, Lao weaving, you know, start from silkworm to natural dye to the different weaving technique. So this is very new, uh, not new, this is like quite unusual for the people that live in town that not really see this work as their own day. So that's why our Living Craft Center become a, a learning center for all age and local and visitor from outside of Laos. That's so special that it's like a form of education, not just for people who visit, but for the people who are there. So I think that's such a, a, re- like a really positive impact. Interestingly, at the moment, we're actually... Um, running a bamboo weaving design competition for the high schools in Lomprabang. Oh, cool. oh, yeah. And the, yeah, the idea yeah. is like we're challenging each school to be innovative with a bamboo woven design. So they need to look at a traditional bamboo utensil and then find a bamboo master in their community who can teach them the technical skills and then they bring the creativity to the project. So, and then the schools will showcase their artworks at the Living Craft Center, and people from the community will come and vote for which one they think has met the challenge of being innovative within heritage. That's so cool, and what a great opportunity. We were excited for that project. But you said the rule, no, Joe, and it needs to be um, a woman join the group. Needs Not- to be fifty percent women in the team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so great, and that's one thing that really stands out to me about Ak Pop Talk is that you know you, I mean, you, the name itself means East meets West, and so there is this side of preserving the heritage and the traditions, but then it's also about like putting your own modern spin on it. So the people who are working there are making something that is like, it's their baby, it's their product, which is really cool. Exactly. 
so you do hire local people to obviously to work and you're giving so many good kind of job opportunities for people and even um some of the people who work for you have travel opportunities can you just uh I would I would love to know more about the ways that you're benefiting the community and specifically the women in Laos. These these opportunities for travel and education come really because of the opportunities that both Val and I have had, both through our work and through our growing up. Um, and you know we just want to afford those opportunities to everybody that's involved or connected to Opopdoc. And so we really view our team members as we call everyone a cultural ambassador. And whether that means that you're representing Lao at the Living Craft Centre or, um, you know, when we have the opportunity, for example, to participate in a weaving conference in Peru, um, you know, we will select three to four artisans or um, uh, colleagues within you know the sales team or the or the the classes the activities that we run and give them the opportunity to travel and really represent their own culture abroad and i think that is such a wonderful way because in so many ways you're really bringing culture to other people like tourists and the people who are working for you and you're giving them that opportunity as well to to sort of see all of the different cultures around the world. You know that we have been bringing our team to the folk art market for last almost nine, ten years, right, Joe? Since 2007. Ten years, yeah. So first time the market actually helped us to cover like expense costs. And I was brought away, you know, just uh, people, it's just so respect your work, you know, the word artist is, you know, they make they make you feel so proud of your work, that mm. you feel value in your because you know, weaving in Laos is not really a cool job, but people like that impression and I brought I mean I brought it back and share with the team like how that we that everyone can be proud of their of their work because people just give us the um the value or all the work that we put, um, you know. And then over here we give the opportunity to to one of the weavers and one of the team members to uh, participate in this market. But I think this is how we, you know, grow towards every year that bring back and we de- develop the center. So, and and more young people join the team, you know, last three years, four years, that we have one um, a lawyer student, right, Joe? Mm-hmm. Um, so she joined. The team is like, why you, I mean, she from Huapan, where my mother from, I mean, she's amazing. She's like, I, I love the weaving. So I, I, I want to choose this job instead of, you know, be, be a lawyer here is not, not easy. So, and she, now she's assistant of the um, production um, manager. And we see that more young people want to join the team and, you know, they feel, feel, feel proud of the work and they get to travel also. So this is, I think, make um, all pop talk could um, different from other organization. Yeah, we work as a family, but also everyone get benefit. Not not just, you know, income, but it we we think for them at many part 
That's such a, a great thing too, that it's benefiting the arts and like culture. It's not just, I don't know. There's something that I think is really wonderful when people can look and say, this is an artistic profession and that's what I want to do. And they can make a living doing that. Yeah, exactly. So, and most of our team is still young. So it's not like all the older people that, you know, that to be, that's the living. So. Yeah. And I mean, it must be pretty special if she's given up a career in law to become an artist. That just, that makes my little artist heart so proud and happy. <laughs> so I do have a question. I mean, it's, it's really wonderful that you are, you are able to, to take on these young people and you're carrying on these traditions and modernizing them and, and people are traveling. I'm so curious to find out a little bit about what your focus is right now during this sort of crazy time. And, and what you're hoping to share with people. Yeah, we have so many projects going on at the moment. Um, like everything's so many exciting projects going on at the moment. Um, Val will tell you about our folk art market. Um, uh, we started Radio Op Pop Talk, which is a series of podcasts that like crisscrosses the globe, meeting the pioneers, the change makers, the innovators in um, folk art in their communities. Um, and that's just a really fantastic way of um, creating or bringing together a kind of global network of artisan groups. And um, it's just been really interesting to meet all these pioneers and share their stories um, and then we decided that um, we should also start what we call Oppop.tv, TV, which is really um, <laughs> yes, we saw we watched some of the YouTube videos. Okay, yeah. cool. Which one did you see? Okay, there was one. There was one that didn't have much talking. It was just kind of footage of you going to these villages, and then there was one where you went and were kind of assessing this this weaving that someone had yeah that's our village weaver origin story and that's yes. um a trip that we took um to the very north eastern corner of lao right up in the Anamite mountains and so we're really kind of following our our philosophy that you can discover lao through textiles and so the op pop doc tv is all about like bringing people a kind of virtual travel experience of coming to Laos and introducing all the different ethnic groups that we work with, um, you know, the geography, um, the food, the people, the culture, the crafts, the textiles, the techniques. Um, so all that can be found on the YouTube channel. And then Val, do you want to tell them about our folk art market? Well, we thought COVID we will take some break, but no. You know, we actually did big renovation for our center for like four months. And then mm -hmm. me and is talking like in the past, we're not really, um, you know, promote much to the local. So as I, we need to organize something that we can, you know, um, really bring people to visit our center. So we come up these, um, so we, we organize folk art market in November. It's, turned out um, amazing and have been very successful. So people come visit us a lot in two days, right? So we thought probably like a thousand people. Um, 
we have all these, you know, our village participants from um, eight village, and we have local food, we have local performance. So it's lots of activity. Activity is. It just remind me of like when I grew up, you know, you used to go to the fair and you you can get to try food, like all the local food, and you get to buy all the local craft. We made lots of video for virtual so people can, you know, feel like they're part of that. We give people a tour, you know, to the video, you know, that you feel like you're in the market. But yeah, that that I mean this is the she was talking. We we want to bring our living craft center to people, you know, that you can watch. Even you not feel it in person, but you you know that what's going on in our um, center. But also the way that for our artists to sell their product, you know, because the country lockdown. But it turned our local people where I love all the any uh, clothing. So they they saw our most of the thing that they brought. So they, I mean, more than we expect. So that that felt. I think more loud people now they're more proud of their own product, you know. Before people just follow all the brand name, but um, now people start realize that we have so much beauty in our, you know, all the product in our country. So that that very help all our village um, artisan a lot. The folk art market that um, will represent all the own toys that you won't see that anyway in a new day, you know. Uh, own games, when um, all the food, so that people can have experience that what was, uh, like when I grew up, was say, you know, 40 years ago, we play this, like a coconut shell, and you you walk that, like a sound like a horse, and then you walk on the big uh, tall stick. It's just all like old game that young generation not see that anymore. Vow said something about how she started doing her weaving, and when they started gathering, you know, more and more weavers and artists from from different regions. She said how how all of those uh, all of those different textures and things that were specific to those regions were all new to her. So even though they had this really long tradition, she had this mindset of like, "Wow, this is this amazing thing, and it's it's brand new." And but it's just new to her. And I, I sort of love how it's that sort of juxtaposition of old meets new east meets west and you know she's experiencing it for the first time too and it keeps their whole company fresh and vibrant kind of in the same vein is that it's so wonderful to see the arts being valued i think mm. we can both agree yes we love the arts Me too. I, i've thought about this many times how it's like you know our parents generation or you know 19 19- 50s or whatever people are like you know you got to get a good job got to get that office job and those are the jobs that in a like the future robots are going to be doing yeah but nobody is going to be taking weaving away from someone's hands like yes machines can make these things but there is definitely a difference a market that is so committed uh, to making art vibrant making it 
accessible to everyone. You know, they have it at the markets, it's for sale. They have these websites, they're doing all of these different venues. And I think, I think that story about the lawyer is just such a great example of how they're making a career in the arts, you know, not only a viable option, but a vibrant one. It just speaks, I think, to the power of artistry and artisan crafts. Mm-hmm. It is something that the, these things that they create tell a story. And for people who want to be storytellers in that way and use their hands, it's such a, a wonderful opportunity. You can learn more about Ock Pop Talk on their website at ockpoptalk.com. And we'll leave that link in the show notes. That is also the spot to check out their amazing videos and podcast under the stories section of their site. If you enjoy listening to the Wild and Curious podcast and would like to contribute to helping us make this thing run, you can. You can Venmo us at the Wild and Curious or via PayPal at paypal.me slash the Wild and Curious. Anything you send, big or small, will go towards the costs of running a podcast that's dismantling the patriarchy. It means so much to us when people rate our show on iTunes and leave reviews. We read those sweet nothings, and yes, we cry about them. We also love it when people send our podcast to someone who they think will enjoy it. Feminists sharing feminist content is the best.